1: On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting live from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so happy to, to welcome you to the show today. We've got some really good stuff for you. The show's brought to you by Valenta Slim Roast Coffee. If you or someone you know likes to drink coffee and you need to lose weight, then this is an absolute perfect solution for you. Go to the self-improvement blog, click on the cup of coffee in the, le- in the right sidebar. You'll be so glad you did. I've lost 43 pounds just drinking coffee and not dieting. Uh, take a look at it. We're hearing more and more these days about parents who do mean and strange things to their children. Here in Arizona last month, the news carried the story of a family with five children in the home. Police came because there was a 911 call reporting a burglary, but when they got there, they discovered that it wasn't a very nice place. The police said there was rotting garbage and food in the kitchen, there were no working toilets. Now imagine having five children. And no working toilets. I can't even imagine. Human and animal feces were all through the house. The The children told detectives that for the past year, their mother had locked them in their rooms for hours on end, even as they screamed to be let out of their room to go to the bathroom. Um, they were hungry. They were dirty. Uh, they were scared. Now they're with Child Protective Services. I hope their situation is better. Uh, The parents are in jail. Of course, they both pleaded innocent. Uh, We're going to watch that as it unfolds. It's not an unusual incident. That's the sad thing about it. It is not an unusual incident. According to Child Help, three million reports of child abuse are made in the United States every year, and this involves something like six million children. We have frequent news reports too of spousal abuse and this year we've even heard of several instances here in Arizona where police officer husbands were beating their wives and in most of these incidents of course the children watched or they heard what was going on. Uh, and it's hard for many of us to even imagine, begin to comprehend, how you can do anything to hurt a child. And these things do hurt a child, even if they're just observing the abuse. Some of these children who've been in abuse, abusive homes have grown up to be discouraged, angry, rebellious, probably most of them. No one can blame them. I mean, how, how could you... Others, though, grow up to do wonderful things and reach out to help others who've had these kind of experiences as as children. We're going to be talking about family today and how to build a home that allows you to raise healthy, confident children. Today's guest is one of those who grew up determined to make a difference so others didn't have to experience what she experienced as a child. Robin Marvel has been with us before and I'm always delighted to have her back. You know, she's a role model for all of us. I don't care what your age is. She's a multi-published author and na- nationwide motivational speaker in the field of self-development. She has taken the negative situations she was dealt throughout her life and turn them into motivation and purpose, getting you on your feet, participating in the empowerment of your life. That's what she says she does. And I think she does it very well. She wants everyone to live an inspired life and embrace who they truly are. She was with us to talk about her last book, Life Check, Seven Ways to Balance Your Life. And now she's on the brink of publishing her latest book, Framing a Family, Building a Foundation to Raise Confident Children, which is scheduled to be released on March 1st, and I think it's a very badly needed book. She is the author of five other books designed to help others. She's been with us, as I said before, on two different occasions, and I'm excited to have her back. Robin, welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you so much for
3: having me. I'm very excited to be here.
2: Oh, I always love having you on the show. For one, you're so easy to talk with, and two, you've accomplished so much, and you're doing oh. so much good. I mean, uh, re- when I said you're a role model, I really meant it. I didn't make that up just to sound good. I think you truly are. Uh, but you know that first ugly question. Tell us about yourself. Who is
3: Robin Marvel? Do, do you go with Batman? all right well again thank you so much for having me i love being on your show and talking with you and sharing my story with everybody um that i can reach Uh, i started out with a really tumultuous childhood there was a lot of domestic abuse there was a lot of drug abuse a lot of um homelessness and just a very unstable environment i grew up that way and you know we would come home and the lights would be off or there would be other situations where um We would just be moving. You know, we would live somewhere for three months. We'd be evicted. There's just a lot of um, instability. And so as a young girl, I never really learned any self-worth. I never had any good role models. I didn't really know how to love myself because I hadn't seen anybody doing that. And as a teenager, I decided to start drinking and partying because that I was getting attention. And even though it was negative attention, to me, it was somebody paying attention to me and me feeling light. And I ended up sexually assaulted, um, when I was 16 and that was not my enough of a wake up call for me because I ended up pregnant, not in relation to the sexual assault, but I ended up pregnant when I was 16, had my first daughter when I was 17. Um, after when I found out I was having a girl, I was like, we will not be a statistic. And I remember saying those exact words to my mom as we came back from the, the doctor. And so I went back to high school and graduated and then I continued on to college and we bought a house. My husband and I bought a house. And I was get, thought I was giving my daughter all of these things that she needed. And about age, I would say probably 22, I kind of fell off the wagon again. And I started drinking extremely heavily. I became an alcoholic. And um I was just being a very poor mother, a very poor wife. I mean, there were days I would go without seeing my daughter. um And I was just drinking and drinking. And I remember when I was 23, sitting in my living room and going, this is not the way I want my story to end. So I'm going to have to work hard and do whatever it takes to live a life that I want to live. And I started learning how to love myself and I started learning how much control I had in my own life. And when I figured out that I was not a victim of circumstance, I was like game on. And I started writing books and I started um, speaking to people and just really following a life of passion and motivation. And that's what's brought me to what I'm doing today where I'm um, contributing... to society by writing books about empowerment and building a family and just all of the things that I've learned along the way to become who I am.
2: Now, you bring up so many questions when you tell your story. Now, how did you get back to high school? How did that go for you? Uh, had to be a challenge having a baby at home with a mother who was probably not necessarily present, whether she was at home or not. You know, she, what, what, did she take care of your daughter as you went to high school? How did that work?
3: Well, my mom did help a lot. It, it was crazy because when she found out that I was pregnant, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, But she was extremely supportive during that time, and so was my stepdad. And they were really nice to me and helped me in every way that they could, which I think made a huge difference because a lot wow. of times a teen that gets pregnant, their parents are extremely mean to them and they end up kicking them out or they call them a whore or they make them feel bad about who they are. And I didn't get that from my mom, which was really great because I think at that time in my life, I needed that. Otherwise, you know, I might not have had the drive to, to follow through with what I did. And we live in an extremely small town. And so going back to school was very hard and not just the emotional hard by having a baby four days before I started my senior year, which I was there the first day of school because wow. when I went to register for school during the summer, the school was like, Oh, you'll never make it. I mean, they were so mean. They were like, you're not going to make it. And you might as well just go to alternative ed. And I was like, no, I am going to graduate with these people. I will be here. And you know, they were really, but the, the year was very hard because I had a particular counselor who was doing everything he could to, Use used me as an example, I guess, maybe. And two weeks before I graduated, he came up to me and was like, you're half a credit short. You're not going to walk with your class. And I was oh. like, what are you saying? And I said, I guess he didn't know who I was because I took an online course and I did walk with my class because I busted my ass because I had object. He did not know that I was strong and, and those were my goals and I was going to do this. And so, you know, I did walk that stage and that was a huge moment for me.
2: Did you take the class after he said you weren't going to walk and make yeah, it by I had graduation?
3: To, <laughs> I mean, yeah, gosh. I had to do the class online. Or not online. Back then it wasn't online. It was mailing it in. But yes. um, I just went and I did it. I took the class really fast and overnighted the things and passed the test and was able to get my credit in before graduation day. And I was able to walk with my whole class. Which if that great, doesn't great
2: say who me. you are, I don't know what will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, exactly. That I was like, nope, you don't know me because I'm not. I'm not giving up. And it's interesting to me
2: that your mother was very helpful and supportive, and you know, God bless her. You know, yeah. quite a Good thing that was. What about the rest of your family? How have they fared growing up in that in, in that unstable environment? Did they all are they all doing things like you are? What what's going on? How many children children in the family besides you?
3: Well, I have an older sister and a younger sister, and a lot of their patterns are following suit with what we grew up with. I think it's very easy to stay in what you know. And for them, it's easy to just keep the cycle going. I mean, there's some points going to my sister's houses and they and, you know, being a part of their lives. And it's like walking through a mirror into my childhood. So, um, it's kind of sad, but I also know it's their choice and I had to learn to accept it. I didn't always accept it. I used to call them up and tell them, you know, you're better. You could do this. You could do this, you know, and, um, that didn't work. That just, and, you know, telling anybody what to do never works out. So I just, um, had to do a lot of soul searching and working really hard with them myself to learn to love them for who they are, but set boundaries. And I think that, that I've done a very good
2: job at doing that. I would say so. It always brings, and we were talking about this before the show started, it brings up the question, how can two or three people grow up in the same exact environment and turn out so differently? It's been something that I've questioned for a long, long time because it's some some children, given absolutely every advantage, still turn uh, out and, and love in the home and discipline and boundaries. You know, all the things that you think it takes and they still make bad choices and get themselves in trouble or, or really don't want to do anything it's just a question that and we're going to talk a little bit about that because I think you know uh, we have a little bit of input on that right now we're going to go to break so when we come back we can get started on what you're doing and not have the interruption let's go to break this is Irene Connon with my guest Robin Marvel. thanks stay tuned we'll be right back
4: your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand
1: 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlin. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at one 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the self improvement show. Our guest today is Robin Marvel. We're going to be talking about families. Um Robin, uh, I, you know, she really is a marvel. I wish all of you could meet her. Uh, she's done some remarkable work. And I understand, Robin, that you were just featured in a magazine. Is that
3: true? I was, absolutely. and uh, so Tell
2: magazine. us about the magazine the and what they did.
3: Uh, science journals in the United States. And they actually contacted me. It's been like three or four months ago, and I did an interview with them. And it just was just came out last week. And so it's been pretty exciting. It was, what, what, what was the
2: name of the magazine? Nautilus. And how, can people find it someplace, or how, how can they know more about this article?
3: Yeah, the Nautilus magazine is actually everywhere. Uh, it's in Barnes & Noble. It's just a regular standard magazine. Any newsstand you go to um, should carry it. Uh, also, it's online. You can read the article online, too, at Nautilus.com. And so it's, it's pretty much just Google the word Nautilus, and it'll come right up. And what did they feature?
2: what did you know what was the main um thrust of the story? Was it about your new book or about your work in general?
3: It was about my past and how i've come there there's some scientists who are doing a lot of research based on people who have suffered through the situations that I have and with the childhood I have because in most cases, people don't make it out of that. you You don't really succeed in I'm not saying in all cases, obviously, but in many cases you actually can stay stuck in those patterns and you just repeat your parents' patterns. And that's why you see so many, um, so much repetition in the lines of family that grow up that way. And so they wanted to talk about how I, how I came out of that. They were really interested in the fact of all of the things I've been through and being able to succeed and keep going and um, to have success. And so that was pretty cool because it was quite the compliment for them to come forward and say, Hey, we noticed you're doing some really great things, and we know you didn't come from much, so why don't you share that story with us, because it's uncommon. So I thought that was really neat. I think it's really neat,
2: too. I, I really do. You've written a number of books. Um, you have, I think, one for boys, one for girls. Uh, how, did, how did you discover that you could write and like to write, and how have you developed your talent? Because you're really getting good at it, girl. Well, thank
3: you. I I appreciate that compliment. Um, Well, what happened was uh, when I I started this, I live in a really small town, and, you know, once I started learning about my own self-respect and my own self-esteem, I wanted to kind of share that with everyone because I was like, well, maybe people don't know because I didn't know, and so I I really wanted to share that with everyone, so I um, decided to do actually a magazine and it was just kind of like this paper magazine i printed out on my printer and i took it around to all the local businesses and i said hey will you carry this in your business and it wasn't it was all for free you know i just wanted to give it away to people and the businesses around here were like no we're not interested you know this is too um, new age or whatever it was they just were really negative so i was like well i don't know what i'm going to do and my husband actually said a website, and this is back when we had dial-up, so I'd have to put everything on the computer and let it run overnight, you know, and so it was a lot of work, but the website got this amazing re- response, and people were emailing me, and they were interested in what I had to say, and they were reading the newsletter, and they were sending me their books to read for reviews, and um, a publisher here in Michigan actually started sending me reviews, and I don't, their books for review, and I don't really even know how um, I got connected with him, I, I really don't know, but anyways... So I homeschool my girls. I have five girls, and I homeschool them, and I wanted something that helped them to build a foundation. I wanted something that made them active, and they had to take part in it so they felt like they were accomplishing something, but it was teaching them how amazing they are and how they are worth something, and they don't need someone to tell them that. They should know it within, and, and how could I show them this? And so I bought books offline, and there was plenty of it out there that tells me as a parent, this is what you should, should, should do, but there was nothing that said, do this activity with your child, Give them the power in this and and let them discover it within themselves. And so I thought, I mean, I can remember it just like it was yesterday. I mean, I was sitting at the desktop because that was back in the day when desktops were the big thing. And my kids were at the (laughs) table and they were doing schoolwork. And I looked at them and I go, I can't find anything, you guys. You know what? I'm going to write it. And they're all like, yeah, you should, you should. And so I um, called up my husband. I'm like, yeah, I have this idea. I'm going to write this book. And this is what it's going to be on. He's like, oh, yeah, do it. You know, see what happens. So that day I emailed the publisher and I said, that I had been, you know, conversing with, uh, with his other books. And I said, this is my idea. Um, are you interested? And he instantly messaged me back and said, Oh yeah, can you get it to me by Wednesday? And I'm like, of course. <laughs> I, I don't so, so I wrote this whole book in like three days. And, are you kidding? Which um, one was that? That's Awakening Consciousness, a girl's guide. Uh, and so I, I put it together in like three days and sent it to him. And of course, it's been through edits and changed. I mean, it didn't, he didn't publish it right as it was written. You know, he came back with some ideas and, um, You know, I had to edit and all that stuff, but it actually was the first book. And then I was like, well, you know what? I've got this book now. I need to tell people about it. So I started contacting different trade shows and stuff that would let me, or, uh, you know, like, I don't know what they would call them, like, expos. That's what it is, not trade shows, expos. And I said, hey, can I, this is my new book. I wanted to share this workshop called Chakra Size Your Spirit. And they were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, people were really open to letting me come in and do that. And by the time the girls' guide had actually came out in you know, in paper as a book, um, people were asking for the boys' guide. So I had to write that and, um, that took a little more time because I had to research because I don't have boys. So <laughs> I did that. And, um, the next thing you know, I'm just, I just really fell on fire to keep sharing what I had to tell because I just, you know, it's like, it's like I grew up with a really rough childhood and young adulthood, and it would have been easy for me to go, life sucks, and I'm a victim, and nothing's ever going to get better, and I might as well just quit now and just work a nine-to-five and just, um, you know, go through the motions of life until I die. But I realized how much power I had in my life, and I realized I didn't want to live like that, and, and that's no way to live. I didn't want to just, you know, live. I wanted to be this big, huge existence and leave an imprint, and so... um, I just wanted to keep sharing my story and I thought through books is a really, is really a good way to do it because I can say everything I need to say and I can share it all over the world. And you
2: have, how, do you have any idea of what kind of an impact you've made? You must have had some feedback on this. I would think, you know, especially with girls and boys, because they do not hear this kind of thing in school. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, it, we, we hear a lot about bullying, and we have teachers who be little students who aren't doing exactly like the teachers think they should, but do they ever hear, you know the, the ones that are pr- having problems, Do they ever hear good job? Good job? I doubt it. Yeah, so this is new news to some of these kids that they're okay, just who they are. is okay.
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it's sad to me because I do see in so many cases where um, parents and teachers are like, you know, there's like the straight line that kids are supposed to be. And they're not supposed to be in bad moods. And they're not supposed to, you know, do, not do good at a certain thing. And they're not supposed to have any kind of... Um, any kind of blow up or freak out it's just supposed to be this way and that's it because I'm the parent and I said so or because that's your teacher and that's what they say but what people don't understand is kids are people too and they have bad moods and they go through things and they go through a lot more than we do I mean look at high school now it's it's Ugh. horrific I mean we just went I me my daughters and I just went to a craft fair at our local high school this was like two it was Thanksgiving weekend and there's this huge craft fair there and it's a big deal there's you know, it's tons and tons of people there selling stuff and we're walking through the school and my oldest daughter and my second oldest daughter come up to me and they're like, Mom, can we take something off the locker? And I looked at them, and I was like, Well, why would you do that? And they told me and they said, Because there's a sign up there and in the schools here they do these signs and they have like pictures on them and they put the people's name and the sport that they're playing and it's like supposed to be for motivation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there was a girl's name and under it somebody wrote, Is a fag on this on the sign. Aww. And I said, Yes take it down immediately and they went and took it down and I was so proud of them and I thought to myself somebody's kid is coming to school and you can't tell me that we're walking through there we're not even looking at the lockers like a teacher should be or I mean in my opinion an official or another parent or another student and nobody has the guts to take that down why so that kid's being bullied because no matter what that kid's doing that's abusive how is that oh. allowed in the halls of our school It's it's um you know, for a nicer word, it's (laughs) bullcrap to me. Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah, it's a good word for it. It's a good word for it. (laughs) Yeah. And it just really, um, you know, it really gets me going because I think we have this opportunity right now, especially as an adult, we have this opportunity to teach these kids to love who they are and be strong and, and be true to who they are. And instead we're fighting. These schools are not fighting hard enough to make it a peaceful place. And and not just school, you know, everywhere, the Internet, everywhere. But to me, if you're raising your kid confident and strong and as a kind person, then they're going to be the kid taking that down, and they're not going to be the kid that's writing it. And I think that that's where we come into play. You know, that's where we have our power.
2: Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I, I wish I wish more people could be aware of that and how harmful it is when a kid has to go through that. Just unbelievably uh, destructive
3: just uh, I think that a lot of times in in my personal opinion bullying starts in the home you know if you're if your child's being bullied if your child is the one bullying someone then somewhere within your family structure they have seen that or they have been okay with having it done to them or maybe another parent's doing it to you and they're seeing it and they're seeing it as okay because I I personally believe every one of our behaviors begin home I think at some point we make our own choices You know, like at a certain age, I've experienced this with my own daughter. I have a a 19-year-old daughter, and some of the stuff that she's done, I've been like, whoa, where did that come from, you know? And I think that she has to make her own choices and learn and discover who she wants to be and what she wants to do in her life. But I also think that she's had a foundation laid for her, and I think that that's really important as a parent to do that and teach people, teach your children to be kind. I like that's the most important thing, and if you ask my four-year-old what's the most important way to be in the world, she will tell you, nice to other people, because that's what I teach her, and I say, well, what about the people who are mean to you, and she'll respond with, I just tell them that I'm being nice to them, and that it's okay, because they must be hurting, and that is the honest truth, wow. because that's what I teach her, because I want her to feel, I want her to live that way, I want her to know that, because that's the way I believe, too.
2: Yep, that's that's the the only way you can really live and be peaceful. Um. Truly. You also do a lot of speaking. Tell us about your speaking. And if somebody's listening to this that really would like to engage you, how do they find you? But tell us where you speak, what you speak about, and how people can find you.
3: Well, I speak everywhere. I love to talk. I have a lot to share. Um, I'm really passionate about helping people to discover that they're worth something and reminding them that this life is theirs. Um, I also, I will speak at any organization. I've spoke at women's group, domestic violence shelters. I'm speaking at the Michigan Education Association's conference um, this spring in Lansing. So for me, I will pretty much, I am very open and welcome to speaking anywhere that I can to encourage and empower and inspire. And people can find me. I'm everywhere on the internet. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, everywhere out there in that digital world. And you're robinmarvel.com. Is that true? Do
2: I have that right? robinmarvel.com. You might want to take a look at her website as we go to break. So when you come back, you'll have a clear picture of who Robin Marvel is. Stay tuned. Now we're going to break. This is Irene Condon. We'll be right back with more.
4: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment
1: Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
1: You are tuned into to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Robin Marvel. We're talking about her upcoming book, or we're about to talk about her upcoming book, Framing a Family, Building a Foundation to Raise Confident Children. As I understand it, the book's going to be published on March the 1st. And I think it's a book that we really need. What inspired you, Robin, to write
3: a book about family? Well, I really wanted to share with people uh, what we've done with our own family because I've come from such a uh, crazy background. And I've worked so hard to instill confidence and self-respect into my children. I really wanted to share how I've done that. And I'm not implying that art that... Um, everything's always perfect and there's no crazy moments and that there's no you know, upsetting days and things like that because, of course, there is. We're a family. But I wanted to let people know that it's okay that there's those moments and it's okay that things happen in your life and you get turned upside down because as a family, you can always band back together and, and start new. And I just really wanted to share those things with, with other people.
2: It's that sharing things together that makes the difference. I think. I don't mean sharing all the bad stuff. I mean sharing the good times and having good times and you know being aware of where each other is and what's going on inside yourself. Tell us Absolutely. what is you know what's the aim of the book basically.
3: Well, we, well we, what the aim of the whole, whole book is is to help people with these different steps that I've included in the book that actually have a lot of hands-on activities, and it's to rebuild the structure of your family. Because right now in life, things are so fast, and we have the internet, and we have this distraction, that distraction, and, and parents going one way, and the kids going the other. And, and sometimes, we don't even know the people that are living in our own house. You know, we're just kind of floating through life, and there's no real old-fashioned family structure. Now, one of my favorite shows is The Waltons, and that's what I love about it, is that even though everyone's got their own identity and they're living their own truth, they're actually all banded together in strength as a family, and I think that's the most important thing in the world. And to me, you know, I feel like the rest of the world could be in an upheaval, and as long as I have my family banded together, then I'm going to be Okay. And I wanted to really instill that and bring back the old school family focus, you know, where it used to be sitting around and learning about each other and knowing what you're doing, you know, knowing what's going on and, and things like that. So for me, that was the most important thing that I could share with people with, through this book. Well, one of the things that's
2: coming to my mind is dinner. You know, dinner was when everybody told about their day at my house. We told about what we did in school, what was going on. You know, my parents you know talked about what happened to their day. I mean, it was just a, you know, here we are all back together again. How was it for you kind of time? It was always nice. You know, I, I don't remember any big arguments going on at the dinner table ever. It was a time we looked forward to, but now... You know, kids are going in every direction. You know, they have all kinds of practice and all kinds of things, and then they come to the table with their cell phone, whatever, whatever. Does your family have dinner? How many families have dinner these days?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think family, um, we've gotten so far away from being able to depend on each other, and so we feel really scattered. And I think that that's really quite the issue. I mean, if you watch any of the shows that are on TV right now, majority anyways, it's all about how dysfunctional families are and how horrible it is to be a family in this day and age and, and all of this stuff, instead of saying, you know what? Things happen. Yeah. And, and that's not with this book. I don't, I don't portray that I have the most perfect family in the world. It's the most perfect for me, but there are issues. And that's another thing that I, that I address. And it's like, yeah, we go through moments. I mean, I have a 19 year old daughter. I have a 14 year old daughter. I have little, I have a four year old, you know, and a couple in between. So we have moments and there are times when kids have to be talked to or You know, but I think that the most important thing is respect, and I think that that's something that people have gotten away from, too. And most of the time, kids don't even get respect. They're like, I'm the parent, that's why it is, and that's that. There's no in-between, you know, and that definitely sets up families for failure because the kid's always thinking that they have to live up to this expectation, and they don't really count. And for me, that's not the way it is. I mean, my house is completely open form, and there are rules, and, and they are taught respect, but it's very easy. People are like, oh, you have five kids. It must be so hard. You know what? There's there's rough days, like I just said, but majority of the time, it flows very nicely because I give them respect, and in turn, they give me respect, and, and that's the way that I want. That's, that's the things I want to share with the activities in this book. I want to bring back that core family in where you're united, and you're loving each other, and you know each other. And I think that that's so important in life. How would you take one of, you know, even just
2: the, the average family today, where the kids are on their cell phones, everybody's going in a different direction, the schedules are all crazy. You know, how would you bring that family into some degree of balance so that they feel like a family? It's, um, it's not easy.
3: You know, where would you start? I don't think that um, it necessarily is easy, but I also don't think it has to be hard. With being a parent, you do have the option to set boundaries. And I think that that's really important. And that's like with the cell phones. You know, people are saying, oh, I, don't, I can't do anything. My kids got a cell phone and my kids on the Internet. Well, you know what? Set a time. You know, you know what happens in our house? At a certain time of night, there's no more electronics that's it. You know, it's time for us to all be together and talk and spend some time together. And I mean, if there's an emergency, like my daughter has to work and, and she has to do something on the computer, that's different or I do, but a majority that's saying, okay, now it's time set aside for our family. And you, you want to know your kid, then get in their business. I have had so many parents throughout, throughout my life with my daughter and kids her age saying, oh, you know what? I can't do anything. I'm the parent. I just actually heard this two days, two or three days ago from someone within my immediate family. They were like, well, she's, her daughter's 15. She can't do anything. Yes, you can. You are a mother. You You know, you have, you have got to teach your daughter to respect herself by respecting you, but you have to lead by example too, you know? So it, it has to go that way too. I think that as a parent, it's important to lead with example always, always. That's the number one thing that I do with my girls. I want them to look at me and go, Yep, I respect her because she is not just talking. She's actually living what she's saying. And I think that that makes a big difference in your family, too. It it just all has to do with, I guess it has to do with how bad do you want it? How determined are you to keep a strong family? And I think that that's what it comes down to.
2: What kind of things do you put in your book? What do you discuss in your book that gives people a little direction on how to go about doing
3: this? Well, you know, the first, the first chapter is all about self. It's all about learning about who you are because we can't be a good example and we can't build a strong family if we don't have anything within ourselves. You know, we, uh, especially speaking just from a mother's perspective, but this can come from a father too, you, it's so easy to be doing, doing, doing and forgetting to take care of yourself and figuring out who you really are. I mean, how many people really know who they are? And that's the way I started out my last book too, Life Check, was all about... What are you doing? How, who, who are you? When you stand in the mirror and you look at yourself without the label of parent and without the label of your job or anything like that, who are you? And that's a hard question for a lot of people because they don't know. That's you know, why so- I
2: ask it as my first question every show I have on this show. Who are you? Yeah,
3: because I mean, be I guess we're by what our labels are.
2: By our labels, exactly. And the other question I ask and most people can't answer it, is what do you believe that you weren't told you had to believe? What have you come to on your own? Do you touch on that in your book, you know, about your own belief system?
3: I absolutely do. Because I think, okay, so one of the things that my, my daughters, they're, they're inquisitive, and they always ask me things like, mom, do you believe in UFOs, um, religion? That's another big one that they ask me about, and things like that. And what I do is how I respond to that is I tell them what I believe in. And then I say, but you know what? It's your choice what you believe in. I was like, that's, that's the great thing about life is we don't have to believe the same thing. We don't have to do the same things. All we have to do is respect each other with those things. And if you don't want to believe the same way as me, that's okay with me. And that's really hard for parents to do because parents think that their kids have to be many them. There's no wiggle room there. Like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And that's it. And that's where resentment starts to build. And that's where rebellion starts to come in because they're trying to prove who they are and they want to be their own identity. And so for me, that's very easy for me to do, I guess, because I'm confident in who I am and what I believe I know is my choice. And I also know that they get to pick that, you know, if they want to believe a certain thing that I don't believe. All right, I'll respect that, you know, And, and I think that that's something that can be really beneficial I talk a lot about um forgiveness in the books because I think that's a that's a big of course. And these are just little things that people don't necessarily focus on as a family. They might not even focus on it individually, but definitely there's a lack of people focusing on focusing on it as a family.
2: How does your husband deal with all this? Is he in sync with you? I'm assuming that he is are, are it wouldn't be as successful as it is, but how have you been able to bring him into it?
3: You know, I have been like um fortunate enough to get like the most amazing man that lives on the face of the earth as far as I'm considering, <laughs> as far as like you know as far as that goes, he has always been like in my corner supporting me and building me up, and he feels the same way about the girls you know he's like they have to be confident in who they are they have to love themselves he's extremely hands-on you know he will he teaches them and he leads by example too because he's nice to people and he goes out of his way to help and our family's a unit you know we're not doing things separately like you might see me out in the public eye because he's a behind the scenes kind of man but everything that we're doing is done as a unit which i also think is a huge deal in the family like so many families there's projects going on and, and the kids are left out or the mom's left out or whatever, you know, there's, cause they're doing their own thing, but coming together as a unit to do things together is extremely powerful too. And that's what this book, you know, when I say building a foundation, it's relatable to a house, like you have to have a strong foundation in, in order to have a strong structural sound home. Right. Right. The same goes, the same goes with a family. And each pillar has to hold that up. And that's each piece of the family, you know, represents a pillar, holding up this extreme structure that is family because in the end like that's what's going to matter to you when when this life is all done and over with isn't it going to be nice to be surrounded by the people you love in the family that you built versus alone i mean i think that people you get busy and you want success or you want this or you want that and you forget about the most important thing and that's instilling love confidence and self-respect into your own four walls which is the most important place and it's the start
2: of everything. It's interesting because somehow I didn't pick up on your title, framing a family, like framing in a house. You know, yep. if you frame the house in a solid way, it's going to stand. You give it a good foundation, a, a strong frame. And and for some reason, I, it just didn't penetrate my poor little mind that. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is exactly what you meant by framing a family. You know, I, I thought it was a lovely title. I liked it. I'm thinking that's really great. And I saw, I, I put them more in a picture frame, but the framing in of a family is critically important. And you say it very well in your title don't know how I missed that that's kind of interesting Um, we're going to go to break um, and when we come back we're going to talk more about this book called framing a family stay tuned this is Irene Conlon don't go away
4: success starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world It's time to access your magic. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 connect with irene via email our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com now let's get back to the self-improvement show here again is dr irene conlan
2: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Robin Marvel. We're talking about building a good foundation in a family to raise confident children. One of the things that we talked a little bit about during the break was, you know, Robin's children have been taught to know who they are, be comfortable with who they are. Um, They have an open relationship you know, in terms of being able to share and talk to each other, know where each other is. And my question was, what what is it like for them when they go into the homes of your mother or their grandmother, uh, your sisters? Do they have cousins? How does that work out when your children are so in sync with the teachings that you're, giving them in terms of liking who they are and, and being comfortable in their own skin? How is it when they are around the more dysfunctional side of your family?
3: Well, the girls, are they're very, um, they know everything. I'm extremely open with them. I don't have any problem sharing with them what I came from and the things that I've done. They're, they're very aware of my addictions and my failures and my successes and I think that that's been really powerful in keeping our family as tight as it is because I don't try to hide anything from them or I want them to realize there is, you know, there are things that happen in life. And even though that's not the lifestyle I choose for them, that's what happened. And for them, my oldest daughter, uh, she can get mad, I guess, at my mom um, for some of the ways that my mom has treated me. And, you know, maybe she kind of sees that, but as I, I explain to her that people... My mom did the best that she could do. I know that. I don't have any kind of um, anger or, or anything towards my mom or dad because I know that they both did exactly the best that they could do at that time. And they, they weren't, like, trying to hurt us. They didn't intentionally. It wasn't, like, no. child abuse to them. You know, they weren't. So, for me, it's very easy for me to love and accept and move forward and my daughters, when I, I tell them, you know, you see the lifestyle of your cousins, you see what they're going through, and I and I tell them everything, you know, because I want them to see that and be appreciative for the life that they live, and I also want them to know that these are the people that we need to help if we can. These are the people that we need to give a little more love to, and I want them to understand that, that real life happens. You know, it's not all, you know butterflies and rainbows, I guess, there are real. there is a reality of things that happen. And I went through a lot as a child, and my nieces and nephews go through a lot as children. And the best thing we can do, we can't change that, but we can at least give our love and try to be a beacon of light for them when we're around them.
2: How do the cousins respond to your daughters?
3: Well, it, it just depends on the day. You know, I think that sometimes... You know, there there was times back in the past where I actually found letters at grandparents' houses of, of cousins saying, like, I hate Emily and Della, you know, things like that. Um, I think there there might be a, a tinge of jealousy because they're not taught the same way my girls are. And I think that that happens a lot because there, sometimes there's snotty attitudes. But I think in general, there is a sense of love uh, throughout all of them. And it might come more from my side of my girls than it is from their cousins, but that's okay because their cousins look different from them. And that's what I explained to them. And it doesn't matter how much love and respect they're showing you. You show them love and respect because that's a reflection of you. People, if there's anything, you know, that I know is that people are going to act the way they do. There's going to be people who treat you like crap. There's going to be people who hurt you. And there's going to be people who say mean things about you, but you can't change that. You can't change how somebody else behaves. That's about them. And the sooner you realize that's about them and all you have the power to do is react then you're in control, and they don't own that over you. And I think that that's been extremely helpful in my own life and in my life sharing with my kids, is they can't change how they're treated by other people. They can, change, they can um, control how much of that they take from other people. You know, they can honor themselves and say, I'm not taking that anymore. That's what boundaries are for, for family, friends, and, and anybody. You don't have to take that abuse, but you also, you're representing yourself always in how you treat everyone else. And to me, that's, that's something... When somebody thinks of me when I'm gone years from now, I want them to remember how kind I was to them. Even when they weren't being kind, I was. And to me, that's the most important thing in the world to show my girls and encourage them to treat other people this, that same way. That's
2: an amazing and a very, very important lesson. Um, now, I, if everybody could understand the concept that everybody does the very best they can with what they know and the experiences they've had at the time. You know, a minute from now, it may all change. You may you get an aha, or you'll learn something new that puts your life in, in in a whole different place. But right now, in this minute, you're doing the best you can with what you have. And when you when you understand that, then you can forgive. I mean, it's just, um, I hope a lot of people buy your book and read about that, I guess is what I want to say. Too. <laughs> you know, what a, what a powerful you. teaching. For your children, now they'll be able to take a rejection slip when they apply for a job and know that you know that maybe that wasn't the right job for them. I mean, next, you know, next they won't be beaten down by it. Um, do you think that confident children can come out of dysfunctional families? You did.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that anybody can be a confident person. I think that if you're I think at a certain point, you have to make that choice for yourself. And when you're a little kid, you know, you are stuck in that situation. Whatever your family is, you're kind of stuck in that. And, and I understand that because I was too. But I think that when you, if you're told or you learn somewhere along the way, that you're actually in control and you can do anything you want with your life, then you can be anything you want. And even if you yep. learn that at 50 years old, even if you learn that at 20 years old, it doesn't really matter what age you are. You can always turn your life around. You can always become something different. That's like the best thing about life is that we have this opportunity that, to change who we are. Like, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I'm not the same person I was six months ago. I, I aren't either. <laughs> or even yeah, yes. We're always changing. We're always progressing. And we can make those choices. And even if you're 18 years old and your family has been constant turmoil and it was the worst experience in the entire world, you still have a choice. You know, there's so much blame and there's so many people who waste their entire time here on earth blaming someone else and staying stuck in this negative space because, oh, well, someone else, they didn't love me or I was abused or my dad was an alcoholic or whatever. But you know what? What difference does that make now? Like, you're willing to give up now because of something that happened when you were a kid? Like, for me, that's that's a no-brainer. No way. I'm not wasting this opportunity right now. No way. And, and I think that that's something that people have to realize and teach their kids, too, that, you know, people can do stuff to you and you can take it personally, but you know what? You heal from it, you get up, and you move forward because there's no sense of blaming that person. That's just, that's just a waste of your time and energy, and you're going to miss out on way more good stuff by staying stuck, saying, oh, if only, if only, if only. You know, my last
2: question is always, what's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners? And I think you just did (laughs) what a wonderful thought to leave the show on this is our last show before christmas and i would say that that was a christmas gift to everyone who's listening robin it has been so lovely having you on the show again when your book comes out we're going to have to have you back we're going to pick on this thing again because I think this is such a critical critical topic thank you so much for being with us today well thank you so much for having me it's been a great time and I look forward to coming back keep doing what you're doing girl because this world needs it and it needs you this is Irene Conlon and my guest Robin Marvel saying thank you so much for being with us today come back again next week oh for just before Christmas. <laughs> we'll see you after New Year's. Have a, have a great holiday. Merry Christmas to all of you.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.